You've taken your first step into a larger world. The Force will be with you. Always. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. A journey from the Phantom Menace to the Rise of Skywalker. Now, here are your hosts, Calvin and Anna. Hello there. Welcome back to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. We have broken out of our summer hiatus and we're back to give you more glorious Star Wars content. I'm Calvin. I've seen a lot of Star Wars. I'm Wyatt. I've seen a lot of Star Wars this summer while we were on break. I'm Andy, and I've seen a little bit of Star Wars, but not at all during this summer, actually. Good. Except for the movie, again. Yeah, well, for this week, we rewatched the Clone Wars movie because we lost our original audio for that, and we figured that using the Clone Wars movie as a wonderful jumping-off point for let's get back into the Clone Wars, using the Clone Wars movie to take stock of where the characters are now, how they've grown since the Attack of the Clones area type of time one kind of small thing that i just want to say that i'm excited for um as of the release of this podcast on tuesday the following day uh september 22nd we're releasing this episode on september 21st 2021 and september 22nd 2021 is the release date for star wars visions don't quite know I how much i we tweeted can... about this yeah did you I, I like i barely tweet i tweeted about that it looks so cool yeah I feel like for the purposes of this podcast, so Andy, in case you didn't super know, Star Wars Visions is going to be this anthology series. I think it's how many studio? It's like how many episodes is it going to be? Like nine, I want to say. Yeah, it's it's eight or nine, and it's it's, it's non-canon, and it's whoa. these. It's the it's basically they gave the keys to several of the biggest anime studios in Japan and said, "Tell a Star Wars story." no restrictions and so it's like this animation anthology series and it looks awesome yeah actually honestly you could probably watch the trailer um so that's kind of risky though i'm thinking like hey tell us star wars stories that doesn't matter i'd be like porn immediately <laughs> well I mean... i'd be like obi-ani porn <laughs> Uh, we can only hope. You okay. can, We're uh, off you to can a find that start. on DeviantArt. I'm sure that you can find that somewhere on DeviantArt. Immediate zero to 60. We've been back on the air for, I know. what, two minutes? I've been missing We're this chaotic back, energy. We're back, baby. We're back. Anyway, as okay. I was saying, for the purposes and of the podcast. hornier than ever, I guess. <laughs> it's been a dry summer. <laughs> Cut that. <laughs> no, keep it in. <laughs> As long as you're okay with it. Um, oh, boy. So right. anyway, as I was saying, for the purposes of the podcast, I'm going to because like I have seen I know that in the trailer I saw like stormtroopers and stuff. So it's clear that there is some that takes place in post Revenge of the Sith era. Um, So but I would also love to let you watch a lot of the Star Wars content. So I'm going to just say individual episode by episode basis. Uh, I'm going to say, hey, this takes place prior to what we've seen so far go ahead and watch it or i'm gonna say hey i'm gonna bar you from watching it this week please don't watch it <laughs> also i think at some point it would be fun to do a special on visions because oh, yeah. i think you could do i'm not sure they're gonna be all that long it's not like the regular 22 i 
I think we're going to see varying lengths of episodes. Uh, okay. And but it's possible that we we might be able to do like a a one or two part special on it yeah. if it ends up be if it ends up being just off the wall crazy stuff that has no connection to anything. Yeah. I I guess I was always assuming around like 22, 22 minute half hour mark because what if has been like um about half an hour thus far every episode. That's true. I I, I think. Uh, I honestly don't know what to expect, and that's what makes me excited. I know. Like, honestly, Andy, you should watch the trailer. It's The trailer is quite fun and doesn't give anything away. Yeah. Doesn't okay, give anything away it. for its own stories or for, like, anything you shouldn't know. Swag. That's good. So. Clone Wars movie. We open with Anakin and Obi-Wan on a, in a frankly, losing campaign on the planet of Christophsis. Uh, we have... We've been on this planet slightly before with what are their names? There were a couple of episodes set before hidden, this. Hidden Enemy and uh the submarine warfare episode with Admiral Trench. Yes, that one. Uh so they are fighting a losing battle on Christophsis, and Anakin and Obi-Wan call the Jedi Council for help. Who does the Jedi Council send? But Anakin's new Padawan, Ahsoka fucking Tano, rocking her tube top. And Ahsoka is a precarious, uh, precocious young girl. <laughs> and precarious. Yeah, well, yeah, precarious is a good word to describe her because she is daring. She is brash. She is headstrong. She does things without thinking. And that is the perfect way, Padawan for Anakin. Either way, her presence, now that she's here, they are able to take the planet from the Separatists. Yoda shows up. And then we get into the real mission, saving Jabba the Hutt's kidnapped son from the Separatists. Hutt reproduction. Yo, Anakin and yeah. Ahsoka track the hut to an ancient monastery where the separatists like do a deep fake news thing and sit and tell Jabba that the Jedi have kidnapped his son. So he's all mad at them now. More then, importantly, they send the they send the clone walkers vertical up the wall. That was the coolest thing ever in 2008. So and it's still cool now. Yeah, no, I really do. Like I'll be like Clone Wars movie is definitely one that I can put on while like washing the dishes or something in the background. But I will definitely like sit down and watch the climb up the wall. We'll get to this later. Um, Ventress follows the pair a little bit around and does her, you know, Ventress you know sexual thing um they really they really toned down on that later in the show yeah. which i think is probably a good idea but it was some of it is fun ventures has one of the best characters ever i almost cried at dark disciple almost anyway moving on uh anakin and stanky the hut and ahsoka manage to escape the monastery and get back to tatooine where anakin is accosted by dooku and ahsoka takes stanky on to the hut palace Meanwhile, Padme goes to Zero the Hut in his first ever appearance, trying to get his help. But he, it turns out, has been in league with the Separatists the whole time and is one of the ones who helped capture the sun. And he kidnaps, he, he captures Padme and locks her up so that she won't, you know, go and tell. But then Anakin and Ahsoka get Stinky the Hut to Jabba and... Jabba makes Zero release Padme, and the Republic locks up Jabba, which is going to be important for Zero. Some. Zero. You the Republic locks up Zero, which will be yes. important. Yes, they for do not. An arc they later don't. On. They don't lock up Jabba. They make a deal with they. They uh. The whole political side plot is they need Jabba's control of hyperspace lanes, and so that's like what's not just 
it's not out of altruism for children that's that they're true. rescuing Jabba's son. No, nope, they that want war strategy. They're able to succeed on that front and the uh, keeping children safe front. Yeah. Although then Ahsoka becomes a child soldier. So you win some, you lose some. <laughs> yeah, gotta love the child soldiers. I mean, hey, we, yeah, were all, but it's, we all grew up on Avatar The Last Airbender. I was gonna so say, it's Dave no, Filoni loves child soldiers. It's yeah. no different, really. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's for children's cartoons, it's sort of, Clone Wars will get into it in ways that some shows don't because it is actually about the war. But kids do because they because it's kid shows, they want characters that are relatable. So younger than people should are always involved in these crazy action scenes and fighting and stuff. Uh, when you'd be like, no, that's a 12 year old normally. Um, yeah, but it's also animated. So it's like easier to suspend your disbelief. Yeah, yeah. I've also felt like it's it, faking in space. I mean, I never watched Clone Wars until I was in college, uh, but I watched Avatar as a child. And I definitely think that, you know, seeing these characters that are physically older than you puts much more of a gravitas of maturity that we think that they have that they actually do not. I definitely thought that Katara was a lot more mature than she actually was when I was eight, you know? Yeah. I am always surprised every time I revisit Avatar that Azula is 14. Yeah. I know. I've, I've, it makes me so sad and it makes her like last because I, Agni Kai I just always so read the, the Fire Nation teenagers as like late high schoolers mm-hmm. that I forget mm-hmm. that they're actually quite young. But, I know, they all uh, seem 18, especially well, when it, they're at the party on Ember Island. Mm-hmm. And my, my ongoing back to the sort of Star Wars is that the characters in Star Wars are also way younger even the adults than I would suspect yeah, my I, really I forget I that know. Anakin has just had his 22nd birthday. No, his 19th birthday. Yeah, I was going to say yes. he's not Anakin 22. Anakin is, is at max 20 when the Clone Wars movie starts. Like, we are older than him and uh, they're letting him raise a child. Wait, yeah, no, I was wrong. He's 20 because in the prologue of the Attack of the Clones novel, it's Shmi in the Jawa camp and she is reflecting on oh, this would be my son's 20th birthday. I really hope he's happy. Blah, oh, blah, blah. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, so he's 20. And at least that, in Legends, but you know. No, but I, I'm well, pretty sure they've kept it the same. Yeah, um, the only thing that really changed was that the Clone Wars movie takes place a lot closer to Attack the, the Attack of the Clones than than it used to be when Anakin was made a knight. But honestly, it's pretty easy to tell how much time has passed because you just, you hair. it is the amount of time that it takes to grow out Anakin's episode two haircut into his Clone Wars haircut. Yeah, which is, yeah. which we did the math in the Attack of the Clones episode and that was That's like true. six months or so. Yeah, because I was like, I've done that, yeah. literally. <laughs> Hello, quarantine haircuts. Yeah. <laughs> um, or lack thereof. Uh, so, I don't know, speaking of Anakin, let's talk there. I mean, let's, Anakin Skywalker, where was he in the cl- in the uh, live action movies? Where was he in Clone Wars? Where is he where we are now in the Clone Wars series? Um, I mean, I think obviously like, Anakin is so much more likable in the Clone Wars, and it's really exciting to see him. Yeah, even here. in the movie. Yeah, even in the movie, even with his like bad uh, animation, he looks so good and he's so cool. And I was really impressed with this one moment. Um, that was so like ah, it was so good. It was where um they're like flying in that little ship. It's him, Ahsoka, and Stinky, and he like he wants to go and help the clones. Like the clones are losing their battle; they're not doing well. But if they don't leave and get Stinky help, the Stinky's going to die. And he says to Rex, he's like, I'm sorry, we can't help you. And Rex is like, it's OK. The mission comes first. And that was just such like that was such a good moment because it 
it shows like where Anakin is and I think like where he's going and that like need to you guys are both very quiet right now which I, I understand my you're listening muted so that white noise wouldn't come oh, okay. through and so that I could listen to you <laughs> I'm attempting to do good podcasting and let you speak yeah okay cool 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 so yeah I was just very like impressed with that moment of Anakin being torn between like wanting to do what he thinks is right and wanting to do what is right as a Jedi and it was cool too because Ahsoka was the one who was like master if we don't take stinky to get help like he's not gonna make it and so she was kind of the one that like pushed him to leave um and again i think that that is like a good representation of their relationship it's almost yeah. as if ahsoka is the one who can push anakin to make good decisions to make good decisions to be a well, good and anakin anakin can also push ahsoka in turn yeah. to make bad decisions exactly. uh, which is his exactly. role but also i like i love some of his uh he has some really good stuff early that i forget uh, with him and ahsoka in the movie because because it's like what's remembered is like them bickering for the entire Christophsis mission but i love their conversation when he accepts her and i love it i can't remember exactly when it is i think it's on teth but he has a he has a couple good teaching ahsoka moments early where you can tell that he's way different than the padawan we left even if he's not at the same place where we just left him uh in season three where he's like pretty established as Ahsoka's teacher. He's he lets her go off on her own sometimes. He like he's he's an adult and like he has responsibilities. Uh, whereas here, I think he's still a bit of an overgrown child. I love the brief bit we get of like him and Rex being a boys club that isn't really ever like followed up on that like him and Rex were bros and now they're both now they're dad and older brother. Now they're dads, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that's that's sort of a fun way because Annika doesn't really hang out with people his own age that often. No, all his friends are, all his friends are 10 years old. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah, he's got the clones, but uh, even the clones I'm sort of counting as actually his age, but uh, we don't really ever in canon see him interact too much with other Jedi Padawans Mm -hmm. that would have been his age. He's like sort of, he's way more experienced with the people like we see in season one. Like he knows all the people who are like Obi-Wan's contemporaries, the the Jedi, Jedi of the week group. And so it's fun just even briefly to see that Anakin has clearly come into himself more after Attack of the Clones really is about him feeling alienated by everyone uh, until Padme uh, accepts him for who he is, uh, warts and all. I I think that's a really interesting point that just made me think about how there are probably Padawans who are still Anakin's age Mm. when you think about it. Like, that's kind of weird that he's a Jedi yeah. with his own Padawans, while there are probably other Jedi who have a tw- who have 20 year old. Like, I do Obi- think that Wan is had had yeah. been 20, right? Like, Obi-Wan is, is at least Qui-Gon. 20 in Phantom Menace. I'm pretty yeah. sure um, he's certainly around Anakin's age. It's it's not. And he is yeah. he's ready. He becomes a knight in that movie. But yeah, I, I think Anakin is also, also no. Sorry, finish what you're saying. I think Anakin is also like I, I think there's a little bit of special dispensation for him being incredibly strong in the Force and the mm-hmm. fact that they need leaders because the Jedi do I think recognize that Anakin is a natural leader and that's why and they give him Ahsoka sort of to harness that and to make sure he uses that those qualities for good uh, rather than sort of because I I think honestly if he wanted to Anakin could be a very powerful voice for. If he, he he thinks a little too much about himself, I think he could be a powerful voice of dissent for the jet where that for the, like the dominant Jedi perspective. And except he's just kind of a kid 
and he really just likes his friends. Yeah, you just hit on something that I was thinking about when I was watching the movie, um, that in a lot of ways, Ahsoka is given to Anakin, like, you know, Anakin's Padawan, not necessarily just for Ahsoka to learn, but literally for Anakin. And I think it's almost like more so for Anakin. And and Yoda says this thing where he's like, yeah, he needs to learn how to let go. And that's why like, it'll be hard for him to let go of Ahsoka, whatever. I think even more than that, it's almost like he now has to be like a quote, good Jedi because he is a teacher. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you can, you can, it's definitely an interpretation that the, that the early season one stuff supports because they're then so frustrated that he just is like, hi, I'm Anakin and this is my mini Anakin. Now there are two of us. We can be in two places at once. We can, we are, we are master. Oh, we have driven Obi-Wan to drink. There's a, there's somebody like there's a meme of somebody on two guys. One is on uh, his boy's shoulders and is kissing a girl through a window and they made it Anakin Padme and he's Anakin's on Rex's shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and That's I thought that really was funny. funny. <laughs> that is really um, funny. And it's it is nice, like we're talking about these character dynamics, and they are mostly established like pretty well in this movie. We get the Anakin Obi Wan relationship has advanced. They're still snippy with each other, but they're way more of equals. We see we we get the Anakin and Ahsoka dynamic of that she's going to give everything back to him. We even get a little bit of like the. Anakin Rex and even Obi-Wan Cody, just like the the dynamic between the Jedi and their commanders. Uh, and that's like super fun. And I think something the movie does well that I don't think it really gets enough credit for is because it was originally like the pilot of the show that got upgraded to a movie. And it's like graded on being a movie and it it's not great. It's fine. It's a fun little adventure. It's not it's not a it's not amazing. It's not great. It's not. Great. But I think it's a really good pilot. Like, yeah. I, I think if this was just the first episode of the show, if the first episode of the show was Christophsis, Anakin meets Ahsoka, and we got that level of, like, character introduction and development, because I, I will say that I think that I genuinely really enjoy from the beginning of the movie to when they get to the top with the walkers. I think that is really good and really fun. Mm-hmm. And then from that point, it sort of starts to meander. Well, it just starts to feel like a different movie. <laughs> actually yeah. altogether and that it was something i really down. struggled with it, it becomes like, a war Whoa. of attrition which is really interesting like you rex is like left with one dude at the end he has one clone by the time he's sort of like out of fight and the reinforcements arrive and i don't think that ever happens again poor rex has ptsd from just being in this movie <laughs> yeah i think um i think there were really cool moments obviously like that moment with obi-wan like stalling um pretending to like surrender and and discuss <laughs> like that's that's fun i like that um i love ventress i like the whole plot in this uh, i like the um i like that the sith have this plan to like make it look like the jedi stole the kid that's very clever it's just a little too contrived like contrived yeah it's just confusing it's very confusing calvin was explaining it earlier like saying the summary and i was like damn this movie is confusing (laughs) like it is like it's it's sort of not great (laughs) it's knocked for being simple but it is actually like with the the machinations going on they're easy to follow but there is a lot going on yeah it does it does like i will say they do stick the ending like it wraps up nicely it works i don't feel like cheated by the ending i do like when padme saves the boys butts 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Ahsoka is one of the boys in this case. Um, but yeah, it's it honestly, it's very representative of the series. And way in the future, when we talk about the very last episodes of The Clone Wars, we can they, they pay homage to like the movie in some really interesting and fun ways that show that like, the creators of the show are always aware of like what got them to where they are. And like they're they're still proud of their little movie they made in 2008. Yeah. And I really like that because there's a lot of there's history in Star Wars of sort of disavowing your and like saying like, oh, I like this, but not this. And like, I, I'm not proud. I don't like I don't like the prequels. Even George Lucas is famous for trying to delete the holiday special. And I like, though, that the Clone Wars crew is like, no, we're making a we're making a we're making a Star Wars show. It's weird. It's like we're going to do good, but it's going to it's going to have some weird things along the way, like baby huts and fart jokes. <laughs> and they I do. I think I appreciate the Clone Wars movie more with age and more knowing that they did finally actually finish the series. And that yeah. even when they even when they were making it in the in the late 2010s, fully part of Disney for Disney Plus, like they remembered where they were in the mid 2000s when it was just them in George's basement making the show. George's yeah. basement is very large. Uh, it's not a garage <laughs> band situation. He's got a house. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think I do think a lot of uh, early Clone Wars was done on Skywalker Ranch, which is pretty fun. That's just up the road from me in us uh, in San Francisco. That's um, I was like, not here, actually. No, George Lucas is. Fairly, like, notably from the Bay Area, did not like Los Angeles, did not like Hollywood. So he wanted to create, he didn't sort of establish a filmmaking community up north, but a lot of the the entire Lucasfilm operation has always been in the Bay Area. So that's pretty fun. It's really cool. Yeah, there's pictures of me at the Yoda statue at their campus in the Presidio. There's a fun one of me and my sister. Uh, maybe we can put it out on the social Inst- network yeah, uh social network instagram social network how old am i um, <laughs> old enough, uh, but we're, we're like uh, <laughs> we're doing like little yoda squats and we're like i don't know eight and six maybe yeah brief talking about padme i always i found myself like thinking a lot about padme's little moments of heroism uh here like she saved the boys obviously and then and you know I love that she's Padme's really good episodes in the part one. Of. I love that she's constantly getting herself out of jail. Like chronologically, this comes right after Attack of the Clones, and that was when she just Anakin and Obi Wan are bickering, and she's just climbed up her pillar is like, "Fuck it, I'm not getting eaten today. You idiots can stay down there." I love that nobody ever expects her. Like the villains never expect her to be as resourceful as she is, and she disproves them every time. Yeah. It, this I was really thinking a lot about the um the, the episode two hundred four. Forget the name of it, but it's the one where uh, Clovis first appears. Oh, Senate Spy. Senate Spy. Yeah, we don't obviously don't get to see a lot of Padme being awesome in the movies. She's just kind of lovesick in Attack well, we of the do. Clones. Uh, in Phantom I mean, Menace, we do. I was I, I we haven't got there, but Revenge of the Sith knocks Padme's movie reputation down quite a bit. I will um, agree. What I just said was a biased statement from that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and there after was having, yeah, after you just said that, you know, yeah, Padme's awesome. Because at this but point, like, we've only seen Padme be super cool. And then Clone Wars does move her very firmly into the political range. Yes. But still gives her episodes and introduces some cool concepts for us who are now dorky 
20-somethings to be like, wow, politics, instead of kids who are like, give me more explosions. <laughs> like, yeah. it's funny. I, I we've, we've talked about a lot of episodes and I have gone like, ah, I didn't really like this episode when I was a kid. And I really like it now. And I think it's pretty consistently been the ones that were a little quieter or Coruscant based or like not not about because I love the clones and I love the Jedi. And that was sort of my allegiance. And so and and Clone Wars was so random about how it jumped around that I'd be like, oh, well, I liked last episode. What are we doing this week? Yeah, Padme is an interesting character. You can argue she's never really truly served best. But I think Clone Wars does give her her moments. Yeah, absolutely. She's great at improv. Like, yeah, just in general, like like in acting and the things that she does to get out. I mean, like in order to get out of places, you have to get at improv. But like, yeah, no, she her lying is it's funny because we get that moment in Attack of the Clones where Obi-Wan's like, don't talk to her. She's a politician. Like, you got to watch out for them politicians. And then we mostly see Padme be like a righteous representative of the people but i she can lie very well and she's very she's not manipulative in like her social relationships but she can manipulate people really easily and i think it's sort of a fun aspect of her character that she actually she's not only like a good person she is a good politician Mm -hmm. absolutely and i i think she's a really good match for anakin that's something that i appreciate from Clone Wars. I can't imagine just watching the movies and not watching Clone Wars. I feel like you miss so much. Um, yeah, that sort of like, was George Lucas's idea. He's like, fuck, I, I didn't get my point across. Like, here's five seasons of a show. <laughs> yeah, well, it's literally like you can't. I I love Anakin and I love Padme and I don't think I would love them without Clone Wars. You know, I don't think I would love them just from the movies. Uh, you didn't love them the first time we recorded this. Like you were, you were firmly <laughs> like you hadn't sort of come to love Anakin yet. Uh, and this was like the first time we were seeing him as either not a kid and not a shithead teenager. And now that we've gone three seasons, basically, and go- grown to love him, it's it's fun. And, and I like that Clone Wars was given the time to develop its characters over these the course of these seasons, because we haven't seen a whole we've seen some flashes, but we, we aren't seeing like Anakin walking around with an obviously I will become Darth Vader sign over his head he's still mostly a good guy with some really glaring flaws and a tendency towards excessive force and i think but it's like nice to spend so much time with that version of anakin and find out why all his friends do care about him so much and his wife and also he's like he's this big hero he's this huge hero and i obviously like i don't know what's gonna happen in the other movies but i don't think i don't think the fall of anakin would impact me so much if I didn't know, like, what a dope guy he is, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah. he's he's awful in, in in Phantom Menace and Attack the Clones. Like, I'm remembering now, like, damn, I really did hate him. And uh, him becoming a bad guy wouldn't seem surprising. But Clone Wars Anakin becoming a bad guy, well, I wouldn't say it's necessarily surprising. It, it makes it heartbreaking. Like, I'm yes. not prepared for it. And I will say it's interesting. So we haven't got to Revenge of the Sith, but obviously before all of the bad things happen we do get a very quick glimpse in the beginning of the movie in like the first half hour of what would it go on to inform clone wars anakin's characterization like hero anakin um and i think it's fun that that version of anakin was expanded so much because he didn't in the grand scheme of the prequels the good version of anakin gets very little screen time uh and i think that was what george realized was like i i like this was not maybe not the best way to tell his fall 
Like it, it got the important events across, but you miss sort of the hero that is implied like to be he's supposed to be a legend. Mm-hmm. My favorite uh, speaking of legend, my favorite thing from legends about uh anakin is that he was like known in republic propaganda as the hero with no fear and obi-wan was called the negotiator which is in clone wars yeah um i was he's that, that called, was gonna be my first thing i said about obi-wan but keep going yeah no uh but like so i i love that the negotiator made its jump into the series and i wish that hero with no fear had as well because i think it's so perfect as a fit for like the way the galaxy sees anakin yeah. Because I would bet he's a poster boy. Oh, I mean, yeah, just the way that... No, I was about to talk about an episode that we're going to get to in a couple weeks, so... <laughs> Hold on. Um, yeah, what else? Rare to see um, me as a journalist in favor of censorship, but yeah. it's good that you stopped. Yeah. Um, another cool thing that I can... Uh, yeah, it's also... Um, especially when... Like, what is the first line of the Sith Creed? There's, there's no, no peace only passion or th- through I'll, hang on i'll google it yeah um but it's definitely or well wait no what i was actually thinking of was yoda's whole line in phantom menace about um fear leads oh, to anger, fear anger, anger. hate leads to the dark side but also the sith creed doesn't quite get isn't relevant here um i was really thinking the sith creed because also knights of the old republic remake um was i have no feelings on that but I never played. Yeah, true. Or they, they have the original well, voice actor for Bastila, who I bet. you don't. But like, it's awesome. It's they, uh, these people are still working. I wouldn't be surprised if like uh, it, when it comes out, it's like, oh, yeah, that's Steve Bloom yeah. or uh, people that have just been in voice acting for so many years. And if you have a PS5, pick up the KOTOR remake. It's great. Or pick up KOTOR in general. Anyway, it will look like crap. Yeah. The old game. I've seen screenshots. I have the. It's, I, I have it on my computer. It's not. In great. fairness, it was 2003. Yeah, they were trying their hardest. Yeah. So yeah. So like, I was like gonna say like the only thing that we really see Obi Wan super do at least in the Clone Wars movie, and of course this goes on to be his Clone Wars persona as we have just discussed. But like, he's a negotiator. He is a diplomat. He is someone who uses logic and reason to do that. And. Uh, it's just really fun to remind ourselves of that original base of that character now that we've seen a lot of his stuff with like Satine and some of his more exasperated moments with Anakin you know I like also I think even in battle like uh, the uh, space battle episode right before the deserter where they're chasing Grievous um, is a good example of how they sort of like use they play off each other's personalities in their plan where obi-wan is sent in to like distract and sort of be annoying and get grievous to come to him and like but he's he's using his skills as uh not necessarily his negotiation skills but his skills his personable skills whereas anakin is the infiltrator like sent to do the daring rescue because he's he's fearless as they say know thine enemy and it is well. And uh, what I like is that by that point, Grievous clocks it immediately. It's like, all right, I know Anakin is coming. Like, uh, there's no way they sent one without the other. And I think that's such a fun characterization of them, but also of the villain, uh, Grievous, who is not in this movie, but is one of the major villains of the first half of uh, Clone Wars and of the series as a whole. That he doesn't always get served properly. He sees sort of like the he's the cartoon villain. The series like sort of sacrifices on the altar of losing every week mm-hmm. sometimes, but I like that 
I don't know. I, I that is one of my favorite episodes, even though it isn't that consequential in the in the series as a whole, just because of the way and sort of looking at it as a retrospective in the middle between where we are and where we're talking about in the movie. I don't know. I just I'm I'm impressed on the rewatch with the effectiveness of the characterizations of our main heroes and villains, given how much the series jumps around. Yeah. Individual episode quality sort of varies, but they sure knew what they were doing. Like they had a plan and they were pretty much executing it. Even the episodes we don't like, I think, are intended to be what they were. Yeah, droid shopping was always supposed to be chaos. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I will yeah. say I, I I would rather have the droid shopping episode than the uh, fake R2 episodes from season one. Those are my least favorite of the whole series on in in I think in I don't think they used to be, but watching them was like, yeah, no, these uh these, these suck. suck. Speaking of R2, I just want to point out there there was this oh, moment. Oh, you want to talk about R2, Andy? I want to talk about R2. Um he, he, my little my little my little robot boy was carrying in the you know how they have the little carrier. You don't for, like R2. I don't what do you like mean him. your little robot listen. boy? <laughs> listen. Listen. <laughs> It was so cute because you know how they have that little there's there's like a little carrying you know it's like a little hut it's like satchel. a yeah yes, he has it's the like clone a little, backpack yeah this is an audio medium I'm gonna try and explain what it is but it's essentially like a backpack where you would put a baby but also but you wear it on your front and it, it's not a baby it is stinky <clears> in there and for the most part it was Anakin or Ahsoka wearing it but then they were just like hey we're gonna pop this kid on on R2 for a sec and I was like this is the funniest thing I've ever seen <laughs> I was like I could not and it wasn't even that funny Calvin, like they didn't even play it for laughs and I couldn't Calvin, keep Chopper, it together <laughs> Chopper would have yeeted him off the cliff oh yeah Chopper <laughs> <laughs> I mean uh, honestly like in the grand scheme of things the Jabba probably has it coming. But well, it was interesting. I can't remember what uh, episode now. It was one of the season three ones. Oh, it was the uh, it was the Pantorans episode where it was George Lucas's family uh, that they uh, made the characters off of. Yeah, we finally yeah, saw yeah. Rada again. Like he was in Jabba's arms because he Jabba shows up over the course of the series. And I was like, is the Clone Wars movie really the only time we see Rada? But he does show up there. Exactly. So hopefully, one time, yeah. Well, so it just means he didn't kick the bucket off screen, at least for a couple years. I'm I'm sure that Robert the Hutt is you know some minor hut. Oh, that could uh, be no, a I think fun. He, thing. I think he got assassinated. Oh, well, because that could be a fun <laughs> because Robert the Hutt could be going after you know uh, uh, certain characters, and I'm gonna stop. Yeah, keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself, you guys. No, uh, I think he got. Alone. I think he got murked. Wow, it's a dangerous so galaxy. <laughs> it's a dangerous galaxy out there. Um, but yeah, I I definitely I, I think this time Calvin. through. I uh, I appreciated the movie more, but I also was able to be like, now that I've seen some good Star Wars, some good Clone Wars, I was like, dang, the movie does kind of suck. Um, yeah. But it's good, but it also sucks, and the animation's bad, and we have Tube Top Ahsoka, which I didn't want to go back to. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We finally got one episode of her in her extremely sick season three to five outfit, and I love it. That is, I think, my favorite, certainly my favorite Clone Wars Ahsoka design. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, that's not true, but I can't tell you what is. But it is, uh, it's one that, like, I, when I think of Ahsoka, I remember her in that outfit, because that was, like, I was a person when these episodes started coming out. I was, like, a, a teenager, not just a child. I have more formed memories of watching the series and 
sort of experiencing it as a fan rather than just watching it as a kid. And so the 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 new looks for the characters, although Rex's won't get here for a little while, uh, will be what I remember of as and what I think of as Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Rex, I want to go back to something that Andy said uh, when they're talking about Anakin. We had that uh, moment of uh, Anakin being like, I want to come back and help you clones and Rex being like, no, you go for it. It's the mission. Like that moment just like uh, was another moment that just drove home for me. You know, the clones were bred for this. Rex's genetic code is to say, go save your do complete the mission. I'm here to die for you, which, you know, again, thinking about Rex having gone through the deserter and. This is a Rex who has not had his world expanded yet, but it is like. It does show how clever he is and that I love his uh, that his trick to let Anakin know something is wrong is to call him by his first name mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than his rank. Um, and I, I've always thought that was a clever like little bit of writing that it has even in the brief 40 an hour of the movie before that has happened already been established that like Rex will call him Sir Rex will call him General Skywalker like it's it's very much a. Even though they're boys, like he, he is like sticking to the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love it when people who don't call Anakin Anakin call him that. Um, I think I think Ahsoka does it a few times, which is fun. Um, she also nicknames him to shit, uh, which is also fun. I, I, I like that. So that's a trope I enjoy is whenever somebody like in a moment of importance, like switches up what they call mm-hmm. the person they care about. It's good shit. It's that's good shit. <laughs> well, it's like even in this like sort of moment where it's not it's not a passionate moment when Anakin is let or Rex is letting Anakin know that he's in da- that they're all in danger. But it is like a, a plot relevant one where it's like, oh, this and it's it, it, it sort of kicks off the next phase of the movie because mm-hmm. Ventress is coming to kill them all. Yes, I know you would let her, Andy. What can I say? I love Ventress. I like wasn't as excited about her being in the movie this time around though. I was like, damn, Ventress, this is not your best moment. No, she's she's this is sort of an early Ventress who still hasn't proven herself. Um, as we see in her first couple missions in the show. Like she's still gaining Dooku's favor when she kills that guy with the, the bad blonde hair. Like it's cause she needs to he he can't take any credit for her mission. Like she yeah. needs to be like, I got one of your most important business leaders out of jail on my own you can you can sort of you can trust me i am worthy to be your apprentice um which is picked up uh in the next episodes we'll watch yeah the night sisters we love ventress um yeah no she's definitely like really grown to be one of my favorite characters over the course of my star wars experience yeah she's definitely a fan favorite for sure so, yeah, I, um, I have an action figure of her on my desk. I bought the Black Series one because I saw it in the store and she looks great. She's in the uh, she's in the Clone Wars movie outfit. She's in her like long blue skirt. OK, yeah. Which honestly, I think looks better on my desk than it did in the movie because the actual fabric in li- real life looks really cool. It's not, uh, you know, freshman animation. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's not, not that they were uh, freshman animators. I've yeeted, but... I've yeeted my skirt because we, we've run out of animating budget. It's true. Yeah, I never think about it in like the um, aspect of ran out of animating budget. So we're doing I've learned from Clone Wars that cloth is tough to animate. 
Um, so I always notice it in CG shows. Uh, you'll rarely see a character, especially one that has to move a lot, who has like flowy clothes. It's really tough for Jedi. Well, yeah. Well, that's why the Jedi robe looks bad in this movie. And Dooku's robe looks really bad in this movie. It's just like very circular and doesn't move. Um, and they ditch it. Although Jedi dramatically ditching their robes is just very fun. Um, yeah. Obi- uh, that, like Obi-Wan had like seven over the course of the three movies alone. So like. There's a running gag in the uh, Netflix series Troll Hunters about one character who through their adventures keeps breaking his phone and like is like, oh, no, that was my sixth phone. I, I can't like it's getting expensive. <laughs> and I feel like that's sort of what the Jedi are like with their robes. Just whenever they have them, it's like discard and then they never come back for him. Who needs it? Who's the Jedi Taylor? That's a, I want an episode about that. Who yeah. makes the robes for the Jedi? Is it in-house or is there like Coruscant's best? fabric shop isn't that like in canon or legends explanation that they weave their own robes that beats me there's too much legends <laughs> I, yeah, I i don't know i thought it was like they weave their own robes so that they you know learn the, the virtues of humility and you know making your own things uh, that sounds like the jedi yeah anyway um so <laughs> yeah on that note next week we dive into the meat of clone wars with the Night Sisters arc and then the Mortis arc. So this Calvin's is Calvin's favorite. Yeah, no, Calvin's I love, favorite. He's I not going to shut up about it. Love the Mortis arc. Um, yeah, it's I love spirituality. I love or within like spirituality and magic systems within fantasy and sci-fi. And also, you know, it's Night Sisters. It's Ventress's time to shine. All right. Um. So until next week. Okay. Thanks. Cool. Thanks for so listening. So see you next time. May the force be with you. Bye. Swag. Thank you guys for listening to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. You can find us on Facebook at First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, on Twitter at First Steps SW, and on Instagram at First Steps Star Wars. You can stream us on any of the major podcast handles, and you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thanks a lot.